Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, it's David Avern with the Customer Experience Advantage podcast. You know, we, we all go on a journey of sorts when we buy products and contract for services and engage with vendors and sellers. Well, that customer journey can be inadvertent or sporadic, or in the best of circumstances, it's intentional and designed and refined and perfected. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Joachim Vanderveer about customer journey mapping, more specifically about journey management, to make sure that everyone on your team is on the same page and that your customers can easily navigate your path. Let's, let's demystify the complicated subject of the customer journey with Joachim Vanderveer from They Do. It's David Avern on the Customer Experience Advantage podcast, back in 20 seconds. You're listening to the Customer Experience Advantage podcast with David Avrin, featuring candid conversations with some of the most influential leaders in business today. Sit back and listen in, or feel free to watch the video version online. This is the Customer Experience Advantage podcast, and here's David Avrin. And thanks and welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, this is a, an interesting subject today that I'm, I'm eager to talk about, which is the whole idea of journey mapping. And I think people define it a lot of different ways. Uh, and, and as we look at, at how we do business with companies has changed dramatically, right? How much of it that used to be just driving to a retail location, of course, many businesses are B2B, but today there's uh, internet resources. There's things we do on our mobile devices. How do we ideate and contact and reach out and connect and buy and customize and all of that when it is intentional, there's much more that we can influence, much more that we control, uh, can control. So today we're, we're, we're joined, I'm joined by uh, Joachim Vanderveer. Let me give you a quick introduction for him and then we'll say hi officially. Um, you know, anyone who's working uh, with customer journeys will deeply resonate with the struggle to align everyone around a shared understanding of the customer experience. As co-founder and CEO of They Do, the customer journey management solution for enterprise, Joachim Vandeveer is pushing the boundaries of modern customer experience management, enabling true cross-team collaboration in today's increasingly virtual world. Having worked in interaction with uh, UX design for 10 plus years, Joachim is well-diversed in the power of truly waking, walking in your customer's shoes and passionate about helping companies transform towards a customer-centric way of working. Joachim, thanks for being with us on the show. Hey, David. Pleasure to be here. So, so Joachim's in, in Amsterdam, but their work is, is worldwide. Um, they have created, you have created a, a SaaS model, um, software as a service that helps organizations do what? <laughs> manage journeys the way they already manage products. I think that's the easiest way to sum it up. <laughs> but I so, guess you want to dig into what. Yeah, I was going to say. Let's let's do a little more. Uh, make a little more. Uh, I don't know. Complicated is is the right word, but you know, I think people have different views, and certainly, I think on the enterprise level, organizations have been doing this for some time. It doesn't mean that they've been doing it well, and it doesn't mean that there's any level of of great visibility and and collaboration within organizations. 
But for smaller businesses and for those who aspire to grow, define it for us. I mean, we know what it's like, how it is, how, how people come in and work with us or buy from us, but it's much more granular than that, isn't it? Right, it is. And typically in, in, in a lot of marketing automation tools or something like that, you have the journey, which says, hey, the, the moment we can measure something from you and we can serve you some content and see how you interact with that, that's what we call the journey. Um, the journeys we're talking about go way before the event even started or go way beyond and really look into what are people doing when they are trying to, I don't know, complete a goal, uh, try to buy a product or hire a product, if you will, jobs to be done, if they hire a product to do a job for them. And, and why do they do what they do? And you can imagine why we are called they do in that sense. But maybe we can go and, and take it one step back to the, the journey itself, um, because there's a big difference between journey mapping and journey management as we see it in organizations rising up today because the journey map is just a tool. I don't know. I think probably most of your listeners will know it's a tool to see an overview of all the steps that the customer goes through when completing that goal and then looking into what are we as a business doing to support that? What insights have we captured around their frustrations, their pains, or maybe the things we can improve, but also from a marketing perspective, what is the content they see? From a product perspective, when do they see the product, experience it, can they touch it in, in store, can they pre-order or whatever they can do? And from maybe a feature perspective, what are the features, landing pages, things people can do with our digital product? And those are all like the lanes in a customer journey. Now, before we started Daydo, we were like a CX SWAT team. We went in like uh, into an organization, like Fortune 500 size organization. And we helped them set up a customer journey driven way of working. So we did that with Dream Apps. We said, hey, let's research what this customer experience is about and use the journey to align different teams. And lo and behold, at the end of the research trajectory, the board or management and all the teams would be in the room and we would present and everyone was like, amazing, never knew these insights were there. And this sounds like uh, something we can improve. And on Monday, it was business as usual. Sure. So we figured if we are the only users of this tool, it's not going to fly and it's not going to help people to align beyond a single project. So well, I was going to say knowing... Um, where there might be challenges in doing something about it or having the tools to collaborate and do something about it are very different things, aren't they? Exactly. When, when a journey is, is, is known to people, it might be that the insights are obvious or what you can do about it. Let's say you have a solution in mind or maybe even know what the opportunity is like you want to address. That doesn't mean you can do something about it. We all have like the agile train running. We all have different ideas of what our priorities and our backlogs are. So what is that little journey going to change because it has been researched? And, and that is a typical problem that we saw a few years back before starting data that it's really hard to get that buy-in from all the different teams to do something about it. So instead of forcing that to people, we thought, let's go one step further. What if you can manage journeys together from the perspective of different teams that all have their own priorities, but you can find a way to align across all these journeys to say within the company strategy, within our customer experience strategy, what are all the opportunities that we have identified that actually fit into what we as a company want to change, want to influence, want to do? And that little 
process is what we have implemented on top of journey so that you can start managing them rather than only visualizing them. All right. So let's back up a little bit. So especially enterprise uh, on that level, these are big companies. They know what they're doing. I mean, they, these are complicated organizations. They understand who buys from them. They understand why. So here's my question for you. What are they not getting? What do they think they know, but they really don't? So when you're brought into an organization, what are they experiencing? What pain are they feeling that, that makes them reach out to you? And what do they, what do they misunderstand? What do they think they understand? Um, and, and you can help bring new insight into that. Yeah, let me take a step at that. And, and it has to do with the shift in focus of, of, especially in the enterprise, that in today's world, customer experience is the holy grail. It is the strategy. And, and sure. let's not talk about how some companies fail to turn it into something actionable and just say customer experience is the strategy. That's nothing. What does it mean for your business? But let's say you have that defined. What does experience mean for you? That typically means that experience used to be the domain of product or UX, UX research, UX design, use experience design in a company. That's where the axed experience was maintained. They were typically the voice of the customer in the organization and then turning that into digital solutions. But now because experience is this, this holistic thing in the organization that everyone should be fitting into and aspiring to influence or improving, that means that marketing, that means that sales, that means that's, that the internal process organization, that operations, that everyone in the organization now is responsible for part of the customer experience. And how do we get overview of how we are doing as a team, but together as different teams from different departments, working as one to improve the experience. And that's why people now must are looking into journeys to create those overviews but as you can imagine, and, and like when we work with, let's say, a company like Johnson & Johnson or NCR, some of those large enterprise companies in, in the U.S. That, that work with journeys, they have dozens, sometimes hundreds of journeys that all are interconnected, have interdependent relationships. And well, you can imagine that version 6.5.def in a PDF or an Excel file is not going to cut it, but neither are the whiteboards because it's just flatland. It's all post-its all over the place. You have messy boards. And there's literally no overview, nothing that holds them together. So that was the first problem we tried to solve is let's unify them in a framework and say, you have a customer life cycle or some other definition that you can use to structure all these journeys. And then you can look at a process to implement in all the different teams to work from inside to implementation. And that means different things to different organizations, the way they are already structured. So. Uh, those two things together, so really start to unify journeys in the framework instead of everything all over the place and bringing that back to one place is, is one thing. But the next thing is to set up a workflow where you can capture insights, create opportunities, align on those, and then start aligning, let's say, the agile teams, the marketing teams. What are they doing and who's doing what to improve or address these opportunities? That's, that's the workflow that we're seeing. Sure. How important to you uh, do you think, and, and you guys do this for a living, how important is the visual aspect for somebody in product development uh, to know what somebody in shipping and receiving is doing, um, to, for somebody in, in sales and marketing to understand what, uh, what the billing department is doing and what everybody else's role is in ensuring a, a smooth 
process, journey, transaction, resolution, all of the above. Yeah. So I think you can think about it in two ways. The, the visual aspect is one, and the other one is like, where are the dependencies in the organization? So if you have a journey that cuts across these departments, if you change something here on the left, that might be influencing some stuff on the right. And if you're changing the, the interaction, the top layer, the, the front stage of your application, for instance, but forget to involve your CRM or your database marketeer to know that there's changes coming, and then systems start to misalign and you cause more problems than you solve. Maybe for the customer it's great, but for the business it sucks. So that, that's one way of thinking about it. But the other thing, and I think that's that's a really cool thing that, that people take journeys now seriously and start to manage journeys is they are by definition visual. They show, that's the first layer, what a customer does step by step and what their emotions or her feelings are when she or uh, he is doing something. And by making that visual, but also making that into a system of journeys that are interconnected, you take the organization by the hand, which is by definition today data-driven, and instead of thrusting those posters, which are flat, you build it into a system that is visually connecting the dots, but using all these journeys together, giving the trust to the people, like I can also trust this, this more soft data around experience, these contextual data about what people do step-by-step. So the visual aspect in, in those large organizations is very powerful for decision-making because people just trust it better when it's in a system rather than on a poster. How much more complicated is that journey today than it was 20 years ago? I mean, we certainly look at it from a, 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 a straight transaction, whether it's through a catalog, whether it's on site, B2B or B2C. Now with, with Omnichannel, there's so many ways of connecting um, to an organization from a purchaser perspective, but there's also an almost limitless number of scenarios that have to be accounted for. That's the part for me that seems so profoundly revolutionary compared to yesteryear. There are so many alternative scenarios and to be able to, whether it's happening from a data perspective and an automation perspective or from a human perspective, how do we get our arms around all of that? Yeah, that's that's the the, the big the big question. And what, one of the things that I like to think of is all those different per, almost personal flows, journeys, if you will, personalized, whether automated by data or based on your preferences, no matter uh, or matters how sophisticated the business is that designs them. It's very hard for let's say AI to really do this right and predict it. There are some models that are interesting that are, that are coming out, but it, it, it's not that good. We as people are way better at interpreting each other's feelings and understanding what experience is or should be. So what we see is it's a combination of both. So on, on the one end, you have the personalization flows. It can be automated, but that's almost like an end solution to a part of the customer journey. Right. But what we see now is that the teams that are responsible for influencing customer experience, for delivering on the strategy, whether you're working in marketing, in product, or in, in sales, doesn't matter. But those people, they need to be creative. They need to understand, okay, so if the data tells us here's a problem, or this is not going in the right direction, or here we have influence to improve our, let's say, revenue or, or other KPI, they still want to look into, hey, what's the context of the customer? 
how can we be smart about the opportunity we see and what creative or functional solutions can we put out in a world that fit into us or fit us as a business? And I think that creative power is what makes us human. And then you can maybe automate that with some smart tools to make it personalized. But personalization of journeys is something else than making a customer journey for all your customers. Sure, sure. How do we, as small, medium enterprises, how do we balance controlling that customer journey to the best that we can so we have some greater level of predictability of flow and purchasing and revenue and cash flow, right? How do we balance that with empowering our people to deviate from that path to please a customer? How do we balance predictability with the importance of being able to customize, being able to respond to, being able to tailor and please that customer? I, I believe that the best way to do this, and we are, I think, one of our smallest customers ourselves, right? We're, we're a small team, but we use journeys in our day-to-day -day, every day. And not necessarily to serve all content or features to our customers, but more like an internal alignment tool to understand this is what the customer goes through when, for instance, they find a journey management solution like they do for the first time all the way till they say, okay, the demo was great. Can we get a few licenses in place? Can we start exploring? Can we scale this up? All those things are in, let's say, our buying journey. And we use that not only to align internally with our sales team to say, hey, this is how we basically onboard new customers. This is how we assist them in the buying journey. But then you go into, hey, hang on a minute. So marketing needs to understand what's going on when people you know, have made the decision to engage with us. And customer enablement, in our case, needs to understand what happened before we're going to start training the people internally. And they have a revenue target. So we don't want to lose customers, obviously. But we also want to understand that we can scale within this company so that more people can start working with journeys, can align their work against the journey. So the revenue target for our enablement team is different than maybe a sales team has. They just have a different quota for a new business, but they all work in sync with the buying journey. And the buying journey ends up being the first year journey of our, let's say, customer, where their teams are using, creating, and building their own journey management system using, using our product. So when you apply that to your business, you can easily see that if you understand the key journeys of your customer, they don't have to be that granular that you have all these scenarios planned out, but you can just understand the basic journeys of, of your business. Let's say if you're a B2B company and you have uh, a buying journey as well, like us, then mapping that out and understanding what are the things that we do in which step and who's responsible for that can be super valuable to understand where the opportunities are in the first place to create more revenue, create more opportunities in your buying journey, or even streamline the internal processes that sure. happen to be misaligned. You know, one of the things we're seeing is a lot of frustration from consumers, whether it's B2B or B2C, um, dealing with companies that are fairly rigid in their business model. Some of them have become very intentional in that customer journey, trying to control what they can so they have a greater level of predictability, right, for outcome. But along with that, we're also seeing some that are fairly rigid. And that's when you get customers saying, I felt like I was talking to a brick wall or I keep going back into the same loop again. How do we, as business owners and entrepreneurs, my audience, uh, 
how do we fight that temptation to control too much and be seen as rigid in the eyes of our customers? Yeah, I like I like that question. Let, let's let's see how to answer that because there's a very important aspect in the rigidity of the journey. I think consistency is very important that you are consistent because as a company, whether you're an SMB in uh, let's say uh, um, physical labor or you are delivering trucks or you have a beautiful uh, digital application, that should not matter. At some point, and I hope your audience already got the memo that if you are into the business of experience, you're in the business of feelings, it's by definition about people and you cannot be 100% rigid in your approach. There has to be room for flexibility and you have to give your people, your team, the flexibility to be you. So let's, let's just put that there. But then think about rigidity or consistency in those journeys, because you don't want this customer to have experience one and that customer to have experience two, following the same path, fitting into the same customer segment, buying the same product, basically trying to get the same experience in, in place. And if you fail at that, then you are really in, in, in trouble because then you cannot deliver anything on on spec, right? Not on, on CX, not on brand, probably also your business will fail. But let's say you have that in place, that consistency, that will allow your team to be a little bit more flexible. So you have a standardized approach to how, let's say, you take a customer by the hand buying your product. And the buying journey is very step-by-step defined. For young, new salespeople, it's very important to follow all the rules, to step-by-step follow those rules to do the journey as intended, right? And to make sure that the customer gets the content or the contract or everything step-by-step laid out. And maybe you have some automated scripts that help you to make the customer successful in, in their journey, whatever that is for your business, consistency is key. But then as you will see, as people start to do more of it, get more experience with it, that's where the flexibility comes in. And then you can you know, release the journey a bit and start doing new things and understand, hey, this is a new customer segment or a new, new market we want to go after. Let's try something different there. But the base should be extremely consistent or rigid, if you will, to start working from. And I think that's maybe like more of a general observation in business, but the same goes for journey management. Yeah, but we're seeing companies doing a poor job of that as things change, right? As things become more complex, it's scary to empower those frontline workers to make decisions because they might make bad decisions, right? So instead we uh, prevent them from making any decision, which also precludes them from doing things that might please that customer for fear they might do something wrong. Tell us about the company. Tell us about They Do. And uh, the website for that is theydo.io. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. That's they right. Do. Tell us about that company. What was the, the genesis for that? And, um, and what specific problem are you solving with, with that SaaS model, that mechanism? Yeah. So They Do wasn't intended to be a software company to when we started it my two co-founders and i so martin was a strategist and charles was an engineer and i have a background in, in interaction design and we had a small team of people and together we went in these large organizations to help them become customer centric and set up processes around design thinking human-centered design using journeys in their work to really influence the whole organization to to be better at delivering the customer experience and that's where we struggled 
and saw that the journeys were delivering real value for the management team, the stakeholders, the people that work with it, but failed to get adopted after the project was done. And we were driving around the country with heaps of posts, brown papers in our uh, trunks, even flew through different locations, brought in a new brown paper and, and making all these journeys, but it didn't work. So we figured there must be some tools out there that can help us as a business help our clients and their customers. So there's a bunch of mapping tools out there. This was three years ago. So there was a there were a bunch of mapping tools out there. And today we do it all in, in, in the whiteboards that was just starting up pre, pre-COVID this one. But it was all just flat and one-dimensional and, and visualizing information. And yeah, basically any designer can do that. And there was no added value there for us. So that's where we started to build our own prototype of what today is they do. And we didn't even call it journey management back then. It was just how to manage the journeys for our customers in one place so we could be more effective as a, as a consulting business. And then Randstad, one of our earliest customers said, hey, can we license this? Can we roll it out globally so that everyone can start working with these journeys? Um, and that was the original genesis of the company that we said, okay, let's say goodbye to consulting. That was a tough decision. Uh, let's build a product company instead. And because we had strategy, engineering, and design in-house and a small team of people around us that, that could join us or would like to would yeah, would like to join us at that point, we made the pivot and we started building what today is data. So this was originally a product that you used. This was your proprietary process that you used to help your clients and an opportunity to productize it, to monetize it, and to standardize it. So tell us what it does. Um, and then what the opportunity, because of course you've got different enterprise, somebody who is in logistics or manufacturing is very different than somebody in healthcare or legal consulting. How do you make this broad enough to apply to a lot of other industries, but customizable enough to be effective and useful for, uh, for a variety of business types? Yeah. So the, the common denominator here is that, and we have different verticals that we survive from banking to healthcare to internet companies, cloud native companies. And what they have in common is that they have a team in place. Uh, some have it around service design, UX design, or CX customer experience management. And then not as an add-on for customer support, but more like the holistic arm of the business that looks at, at the end-to-end life cycle. Um, and those teams typically already have all the things that I just mentioned, right? Design thinking background. Uh, they know how to work with journeys. They have that, that in-house already. Like you mentioned, it's not like people are discovering the power of journey today, but they struggle because they have heaps of journeys all over the place and they want to standardize that and then align their digital tools, bring their data in, connect it to the agile workflows they already have or the marketing teams. And they start looking for a solution. So that's the people that we seek to serve and help set up a journey framework. So that's, that's the first thing we, we help you to do or our software helps you to do. Say like, what is that framework for you? How many la- layers do you have? Do you have hundreds of journeys? How do you want to structure that? Recreating reality into your customer journey framework, whether it's your customer life cycle or an ecosystem. And then once you have that defined, then you can look at different journey types do you have? Do you have service blueprints, those kind of things and templates that you want to make? And once that is defined, they start working and bring in all the people of the organization. So the journey is the center. And then they start applying the methodology and the practice they already have in place, mapping out the journey, layering on 
What features do we have? What communication do we have? What, what do sales do? What do other teams do? And then spot opportunities. And that is, I think, the key to, to good journey management, where, for instance, in product management, you have your PI planning in, in the scaled agile world, or maybe you have a roadmap session where you plan your features ahead in time. But that's on the solution level. We basically bring in a workflow where you can start prioritizing opportunities across the different divisions you have, across the different teams, across different journeys, and link them to your strategic goals. And that becomes the base of innovation where you yeah, start layering on the solutions. Well, and, and that leads to my question, which is for those companies who take the time to do this, and it's, it's hard work, but it's important work. And those who take the time and devote an effort organizationally into doing this kind of, of deep dive, what advantages do they enjoy in the marketplace for those who do this successfully? So first of all, it's just cost reduction. You just standardize something that takes a lot of time. And once you've had and you have it up and running, it just saves some, like we measured this at Coca-Cola, uh, Hellenic, the, the B2B arm of Coca-Cola for the first time. They save a third of time of their employees per week. Wow. So not for every so, employee, so, right? But, it, but, but it's for not the people a, that work in this. Right, but it's not just an issue of, of standardization. It's also not just standardizing, it's optimizing, isn't it? Right, right. It's also optimizing, and that's that's the, the, the other side of the, the spectrum. Like if you can work as one influencing your customer experience, it's so much easier to align, to make decisions, to be in sync all the time around the journeys rather than to reiterate what projects are we going to do who's working on what uh, oh we should maybe have a meeting about that no everything is in sync in the journey already and you can start working and layering on step by step all the improvements that you're doing and continuously collaborate rather than one off or maybe go to a new whiteboard environment and, and start up again no the journey is there all the improvements have been made or are being made and you can work collaboratively in those journeys together and I was going to ask when, when one small facet of that journey is adjusted is when you recognize there's a, a point of friction and you recognize there is a, a challenge here or a point of dissatisfaction, you make that change. Is there something in the software that makes it either visible to all the other stakeholders or automatically makes adjustments to other things, recognizing the change that you made. And I think the analogy I would use is if you have all the formulas in your Excel spreadsheet, right, and you change one number, <laughs> it changes everything else to reflect that. Or is, is it really just make it all visible so that we can make the decisions of what else needs to be affected? Yeah, so in, in, the, in the Excel, the original creator doesn't get notified, right? It's just, it's changed. You can check the change log and then maybe you are lucky to find what, what changed. Um, we, we introduced the concept of journey managers, uh, just like a product manager. And in, in Daedu, every journey has a manager. Every journey has an owner, basically. So that person gets notified of all the changes that happen. Nice. So imagine there is a feature being implemented and that is linked to an epic that is integrated into the journey linked to the opportunity that you've discovered around this pain point, then the journey owner gets notified. So it really helps to streamline the whole innovation process around improving that customer experience. Now, ultimately, we want to bring in the customer as well. So going to the, the front layer and integrating with all the different marketing automation tools that, that are out there so that we can also do this live and continuously. So whenever something changes and the customer experience changes, the perception of people 
and the data flows back into the systems that also influences the journey. But yeah, one step at a time, that's, that's something we're building, but the internal yeah. process that is definitely aligned and people are getting notified using the journeys as the, the base to work with. Well, I think it's all very cool. And I think what's, what's going to be really important is it has to keep growing. It has to keep changing because, because we keep changing as consumers, um, our expectations, the whole new generation of, of conveniences that have come about as a result of COVID and beyond, um, how we do business, how we expect to do business will change. So um, admonishing organizations, you've got to keep on top of this and it needs to be a living document, a living process. It's not a one-time event. Um, Joachim Vandeveer, if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about theydo.io, how do they get in touch with you? So the easiest way, and I'm pretty approachable, is to just find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Jochem van der Veer. You can find me there. Just send me a message and, and we'll connect or just send me an invite. But if you're serious about changing the way your organization works and you really believe that journey-centric workflows are the future of your business, go to dato.io, uh, make an account. It's free. Uh, and let me know. Then I'll be there to help you make your first steps. And uh, I'll see you on that other side. Cool. And we will put in the show notes here for this podcast episode, um, the spelling of all the names and everything else um, and all the contact information. Um, Jochem, I see I got to I got to get the pronunciation right. Jochem van der Veer, thank you for, uh, awesome. for taking some time. Hang on with us for a second. We'll talk for a brief moment on the other side of that. You can pick up a copy of my new book, The Morning Huddle, Powerful Customer Experience Conversations to Wake You Up and Shake You Up and Win More Business Available like all of my books on Amazon, um, you can uh, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment below. That's really important as well. Click the little bell icon. You can receive notifications of new episodes when those come out and you can learn more about my, my keynote speaking, my consulting at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. Customer Experience Advantage podcast. Remember to leave a message. Big thanks to my guest, Jochem van der Veer. Uh, that's it. I'm David Averin. Be good. Thanks. This has been the Customer Experience Advantage Podcast with David Averin. Feel free to leave a comment and be sure to hit the thumbs up button. You can listen to past episodes and be notified of future ones by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. David's popular marketing and customer experience books are available in print as well as Kindle and audiobook and published in multiple languages around the world. You can stay connected and learn more at davidaverin.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.